0: Mitchell and Webb Sound, starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb, with James Barkman, Olivia Coleman, and Sarah Hadland.
1: (laughs) Immortal Hotu Matua, God of this island, long have we, your people, toiled to make all fit for you on the day of your return, and now that day's come.
2: Thank you, so... Can I open my
1: eyes now? Yes, open them now! And welcome Hot You Mat You Are to Easter Island! Ah. Oh. What do you think? Do you like it? Um. Did you notice the giant stone heads? Where are the trees? What? So,
2: sorry, but what's happened to all the trees? They've
1: gone to make way for all the giant stone heads! Do you like them? And, and
2: where? They took ages. Mm, and, and where's... Where's what? Well, I mean, everyone else, all, all the other islanders. Dead! They're dead? Of course they're dead. There weren't any
1: trees. We all died. You died out, you mean? Yes, we died out to make way for the giant stone heads, which we really hoped you'd like. What do you think?
2: So... <laughs>
1: Are
2: you all right? I'm fine! And, and these heads?
1: Will you just tell me
2: what you think of the heads? Well, um... Oh, I, I see, they're all the same, are they? Yes! What? And how many?
1: Nine hundred! Nine hundred identical giant stone heads instead of trees and us! Nothing on this island now but giant stone heads! Do you like them?
2: Well, then... Be honest! They're fun, aren't they? You
1: hate them! No! <laughs> I knew you would! No, no! Of course you do!
2: Look at them, they're rubbish! We're all dead! No, no, <laughs> no, they, no they've, they've got character. What? I said they've got character. I suppose. And I like their... 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 What? Their... their Of course, you you really shouldn't have gone to this trouble. You hate them! No! Just say that you hate them! Absolutely not, no. They're wonderful. A a lovely touch. You sure? Of course, yes. A lovely, upbeat counterpoint to the fact everyone's dead. Very cartoony. Don't change a thing. You like them, then? I love them. They're not
1: too cartoony. No, no. Sure? Yes, yes positive Absolutely. It's not too late to change them. Well, it is. No, no, I'm perfectly happy if they're
2: too cartoony, maybe lose the cigars. Oh.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, thanks for all coming to this meeting so close to the end of the day. You're probably all aware that due to recent financial difficulties, the company is now in the uncomfortable position of having to seek a merger. Right, now, I can't help but feel that the company wouldn't be in this position. What position's that, Mike? The position of having to seek a merger. Whee! <laughs> I, Mike didn't drink. Really, this isn't the time. Down it, down it, down it. Oh, damn damn it. it. All right.
4: Hey!
2: Yeah, yes, right, where was I? Oh, yes, I can't help but feel that this company wouldn't need to seek a merger. Whey! We hadn't adopted as company policy the idea of downing a glass of rare vintage claret every time someone said the word merger. (laughs) (laughs) It seriously affected our efficiency and because of the cost of rare vintage claret, our cash flow. Get the shorts in! in. What? I I didn't say merger.
1: (laughs) No, but you did say cash flow. Uh, (laughs) Cash flow? Yep. new hey. policy. As well as drinking claret, when you hear the word merger, hey. we decided to drink 25 year old Scotch when we hear the word cash flow.
2: 25 <laughs> year old Scotch, but that'll affect our ca- uh, our balance sheet. Hey. Hey. Well, balance sheet as well. Hey. Hey. A no one told me about this. Didn't you get the memo? Hey. 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 We don't drink on memo. We've never drunk on the word memo. Guys! Sorry. Whee!
1: He said it twice. It's a miniature drambuie if you say if you say that word. Whee! Sorry, I I didn't say it. I didn't say memo. Oops!
2: Oh look! I can't be bothered to discuss this now. Besides, come five thirty. It's the end of the day. We'll talk about the (laughs) merge tomorrow. You know. Anyone coming to the pub? Oh, why not? And with the time approaching 2.40, you're listening to Big Chat on BBC Radio 5 Live. MP Chris Marsh has recently tabled a motion to bring back capital punishment for the most heinous crimes. He joins us from our Bristol studio, and in Shrewsbury, Ness is anti-death penalty activist John Knight. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Nice to be here. Ah, right. We've got both of you there, have we?
1: Yes, I believe so. I can hear Mr Marsh. Can you hear me, Chris? Yes, I can hear you perfectly.
2: (laughs) Oh, dear. So surprisingly, you both
1: sound very similar. I I don't see what you mean. Right, and who was that? That was Chris Marsh. I see. Do you mind not speaking for me, John? I'm sorry, I thought I was being helpful. Um, th- let's, let's move on. Um, Chris Marsh, you've tabled this motion. Why now? I thought the time was right to put this type of deterrent in place. It is a travesty and a sham. The current system? No, that was John saying that last bit. <laughs> Do you mind not putting words into my mouth? You see, you don't like it when someone else does it to you. Oh, uh, John, what... <laughs> Why do you oppose this stance? I think it's a ridiculous opinion to Garner. Do you think that mistakes... I believe he asked me the question. Yes, but I knew the position you would take. You don't know anything about my position. Who said that one? That was John. And was that John? Yes, it was. Good. But that wasn't. Please stop butting in, Chris. I'm totally against hanging. Okay. well, I don't think anyone would be surprised to hear that from you, John. No, that was Chris. I oppose hanging. I prefer lethal injection. (laughs) Yes, me too.
2: Yes, me too. Is someone else there?
1: No, that was John. Oh. I was being sarcastic. That isn't helping. (laughs) I think it's a fabulous
2: idea. You're still being sarcastic, John? No, that was Chris. I was being sarcastic too. Some of your emails and texts on this issue. Barry in Winchester writes, This is very confusing. Both these blokes sound the same. Anne in Smethwick has texted to say, I want to smash my radio in frustration. (laughs) Could you perhaps apply the death penalty to these two idiots? If indeed there are two, Tony in Barnes tells us. And Sue in Durham says, it's broken Britain. But then, she always does. <laughs> Keep those coming in. John Knight, there seems a simple solution to this entire debate. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Arguments around capital punishment have been raging for decades. No, not to the death penalty. I was talking about your voices. Do either of you do impressions?
1: I'm afraid not. Do you? I did the occasional Frankie Howard at college. Why not give that a go? Chris, what do you hope to achieve by this measure? I think this move will make thousands of criminals think twice. Oh, well, no. Oh, now, misses. Oh. no. Oh, there's no evidence that capital punishment will prevent a single crime, missus. That is completely incorrect. Well, that's a widely held No, the impression sounds more like Derek Jameson. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry, I can't really keep this up. Well, thank you, John and Chris. Oh, great, now you've got me doing it.
3: Wow, this is a great restaurant, Liam. I know.
2: Listen, before we order dessert, there's something I need to say. I think I've fallen in love with you.
3: Oh, Liam, that's...
2: I, I haven't finished. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't been entirely honest with you.
3: Well, you're not married, are you?
2: No, it's something else. Something I didn't feel I could tell you until now.
3: Oh, you're, you're bisexual. You are. I knew it.
2: What? No, I'm not bisexual. <laughs> oh. Did you think I was bisexual? No. OK. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I have an alter ego. You know me as Liam Frost, IT consultant and quiz enthusiast, but behind that mask lies magnet man
3: Magnet-man?
2: No. Magnet-a-man. magnet OK. When I was a child, I fell into a giant Van de Graaff generator... <laughs> ..and found, to my amazement, that I could control all metals.
3: Wow. But but if you're magnetic, isn't that only iron?
2: Yeah, essentially it's only iron. I, 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 I just said all metals because it sounds cooler. But with this power, I have waged war on crime, righting wrongs, defeating evil, then disappearing like a phantom, leaving only a small pile of iron filings shaped in a letter M.
4: Why? It's
2: like a calling card. It... it doesn't matter. It's just one of my many weapons to strike fear into the heart of my adversary, Dr Optimax. The former male underwear model turned crime lord with his hypnotising smile and the ability to create money from thin air.
3: Oh, he sounds good.
2: He's not good. He's evil. Brooding on his diamond throne in his castle in the south of France, living only for pleasure. Wow. No, not, not wow. He's, he's evil. Look... I know this is a lot to take on board.
3: Whereabouts in the south of France?
2: What? Uh, Somewhere in the hills outside Saint-Tropez, but that's not important. Look, for so long I've been scared to tell anyone, to let anyone get too close, fearing that my enemies would use them to get to me. But no more. We love each other and and that is all that matters. Yes, you, you may be in danger. Yes, my enemies may try and kidnap you.
3: What, like Dr Optimax? Yes, possibly. Will he take me to his castle?
2: Probably, yes, or or maybe his evil yacht, Phallus 5. But but if our love is strong enough, we can overcome anything. I know it's a lot to ask, but will you stay with me? Will you stay with Magnetoman?
3: So, how often do you fight Dr Optimax? Well,
2: quite a lot, obviously. I mean, he is my nemesis.
3: Then, yes, I will stay with you. Good,
2: great, excellent. I'm, I'm glad we had this chat. Is it time
0: for these special moments, sir?
2: What? The ring, sir. No, leave it. I'll just get the bill.
3: Does Dr Optimax wear a really tight costume? (laughs)
0: Look out! The piano's going to fall!
2: (laughs) Hello. Hello. Mr Peters, is it? That's... that's right. You've been hit by a falling piano.
1: (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes, I have. Right, well, we've got it on our records that when you die, which is imminent, you wanted to leave your body to... evil. Um, did I...? Yes, remember? I think it must have been on your stag night about six years ago. (laughs) Leave your body to evil? No, thanks, mate. Leave your body to evil? (laughs) All right, yeah, Wicked! Yes.
1: Yes, right.
2: Great, and do you have your evil donor card on you? Oh, an ambulance. Don't worry about them, it really is too late. I've seen a lot of these. (laughs) And do try to remember, you have had a piano fall on you. Now... Just a couple of things. Are you more evil arts or evil science? I'm sorry? Well, evil science is more physical, tangible. We've got an exciting line in evil robots being produced. You won't have heard of these yet, but, I don't know, the Decimatrix, the Armageddon, the Assasibot. They all need human skin and faces stretched over them. That could be you.
1: Right, that doesn't sound...
2: Whereas the evil arts is all about the visuals rather than the actual slaughter. Just as important, though, you could be used as a man's skin rug. Essential lair dressing. We're desperately short of skeletons to jump out from unexpected places on archaeologists. And there's a very evil man in Sicily who is keen to use someone's actual guts for his garters. (laughs) So, you know, it's up to you. Uh, Arts, please. I'm sorry? Arts, please. Arts. Lovely. Right, well, let's get going. Just get the old saw out. Wait, wait! Yes? Don't you have to wait until I'm actually dead? Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry, long day. No, you hang in there all you like. I'll wait. So, um, do you play the piano at all? A bit, yeah. Me too? (laughs) Do you mind... Sorry. (laughs) All right, all right, come on now, shush it. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So you can listen twice as much as you talk, Warren. Took you long enough to work that out on the team fun day. So, quiet, thank you. Now, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. We at Brown Orthopaedic Supplies trust our workforce and we hope you trust us back. But some of you have been taking a few liberties recently and... Well, I I can't believe I'm having to say this the Stargate is not your own personal supplies cupboard.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, you might well look ashamed. We do have our own very well-stocked supplies cupboard if you need adhesive notelets, Tipex ball ballpoints or other items. We do not simply take them from the other side of the Stargate. Those are not our supplies. They are the supplies of the interdimensional aliens who live on the other side of the Stargate. But our supplies cupboard is on the fifth floor. Stargate's just there. That is not the point, Leonard. Not only is it immoral that sizes of things are not standardised. You've been using this alien hole punch, and it doesn't fit our human ring binders. The filing system has gone all to cock as a result, and the alien stapler as well. I don't know who invented them, but they are a death trap. Julie very nearly took her own eye out with one. All right, sorry, Claude, we won't do it again. Can we go out for a fag now? Actually, that segues me neatly onto my next remark. As you know, smoking is frowned on here at Browns. Would you care to hazard a guess at somewhere else where smoking might be frowned upon? No? How about just the other side of a gateway to another dimension? (laughs) Does that ring a bell at all? Nobody likes it out on the fire escape. Oh, they don't like it, do they? Well, pardon me for shelling out for an all-weather canopy. Silly me. Far easier just to pop through the Stargate and have your fag break. Well, it's going to have to stop. Not only are the aliens complaining about those really tickly coughs that are hell to shift, but more importantly, although it looks like a mysterious glimmering hovering lake, the Stargate is, in fact, highly flammable. It doesn't bear thinking about the insurance implications of the Stargate catching a light. And it burns, burns. And don't do the song.
1: (laughs) Excuse me, Dr. Doolittle. What? I don't think I've been fed today. I was just wondering if there was any chance of something to eat. Oh, not this again. You've only just eaten. Please, Doctor. Honestly, my stomach's rumbling. No, that's your heater. Now, I'm not going to go through this with you anymore. You're getting nothing else, and that's the end of it, Okay? It's not right, you know, treating us like this. I could have you struck off looking down your nose at us all the time. I'm a goldfish, so I don't know what's good for me. Is that it? It's all, ooh, look at me. I'm Dr. Dolittle. I talk to the animals. You're just selfish. That's what you are. Power crazed, condescending clown who can't
2: sing. L- look, oh. Brian, we've been through all this a hundred times. First I've heard of it. Well, I'm not going to argue with you, Brian. You're just going to have to trust me. My memory is slightly better than yours.
1: Oh, here we go. Bring up the memory thing. Always my fault, isn't it? Never you, is it? Not explaining it right. Oh, no, it's Brian. He can't remember what he said from one minute to the next. It's all, look at me, I'm Dr. Doolittle, I can talk to the animals. You're just selfish. That's all you are. Power craze, condescending clown, who can't
2: sing. And <laughs> Look, Brian, you, you've eaten enough. That's all. If I keep feeding you, you'll forget you've eaten and your stomach will explode. Is that what you want? Now just have a rest and watch TV.
1: Oh, watch TV? TV, your answer to everything. Some of us have got things to be getting on with. Not swim around here watching diagnosis murder. Five months I've been here, you haven't even got me diagnosed. Just endless chatting, showing off to your friends. Ooh, look at me talking to a goldfish. Well, I'm sick of it. You hear me? Absolutely sick of it. Oh, good, you've got the TV on. Can we have diagnosis murder? <laughs> This is diagnosis murder. What's diagnosis murder? It's a detective show. Oh, good, I love detective shows,
2: don't I? Who's this bloke? He's just murdered the other one. Who? The other bloke, the plumber bloke with the moustache. Oh,
1: well, don't get shirty, they're very hard to follow. God. Who's this bloke? It's the same bloke, Brian. Yeah, any chance of something to eat? You've only just eaten, I've told you. Oh, here we go, bring up the memory thing. Always my fault, isn't it? <laughs> Never you, is it? Not explaining it right. Oh, no, it's Brian. He can't remember what he said from one minute to the next. It's all, look at me, I'm Dr. Doolittle. Brian, we're going to have to move on, or... Oh, good morning, Doctor. Nice to see you. Oh, diagnosis murder. Lovely. Any chance I could have a bite to eat? Yes, certainly, Brian. Here, have
2: the whole pot.
1: Rapunzel, Rapunzel! Come to the window, my flaxen-haired beloved.
4: All right, Barry, how's it going?
1: <laughs> oh, Rapunzel, it goeth badly. If only that evil witch would release you from this cursed tower, we could be together. Wouldn't that be wonderful?
4: Yeah, terrific. But, you know, she won't, so that's that. Evil witches, eh? What are they like? Anyway, be nice chatting, best get on.
1: No, no, Rapunzel, wait. For I have a plan that may yet win your freedom.
4: Oh, great. Come on, then, let's hear it.
1: Well, I've noticed that you have really long hair.
4: Nothing gets by you, does it, Barry?
1: So, if you sort of leaned out of the window and let your flaxen tresses fall to the ground... Mm-hmm. ...you could climb down them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake.
1: What do you reckon? Worth a shot?
4: Well, OK, let's just go over it again and see if it's worth a shot. I lean my head out of the window then climb 30 feet to the ground down my own hair.
1: That's it, yes.
4: So what's keeping me up? Um... Basically, your plan can be summed up as, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, why don't you throw yourself out the window?
1: No, because, you see, the hair would be... It's really long, so it... Okay, revised plan. Same basic idea. You lean your head out of the window, but I climb up the hair to you.
4: Right. And once you're up here with me in this locked room... Then what do we do? Um... Apart from treating the effects of massive neck trauma.
1: <laughs> how about if I went and got a rope?
4: Do you know where to get a rope?
1: Yeah, I think
2: there's one at work. The ladder factory.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, at the old lady job justification hearings...
3: Hello there. Aren't
2: you smart? Thank you.
3: Biscuit? Go on, take two. Looks like you need them.
2: Now. Oh. What do you do? You won't like it. You don't understand, dear. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not. This is just to check that you like it. I don't really like it. Oh, well then. This is where the little shop comes in. (laughs) Let's not jump the gun, though. What do you do, dear?
0: I'm a traffic warden. Right. I know, I know, I'm evil. How do I sleep at night? Why don't I get a real job? Everyone hates me.
2: We don't hate you, dear. But it does seem a funny way of spending your life. Why don't you tell us about it?
0: Okay. um, I work for the council putting fixed penalty notices on cars. Fixed
2: penalty notices?
0: Parking tickets.
2: Oh. Do you decide willy-nilly which cars to put
0: tickets on? Oh, no, there are rules. The council decides what's legal parking and what's illegal, and I put tickets on the illegally parked cars. Are you always sure the cars are parked illegally? Definitely. They'll be on double yellow lines or the parking meter will have run out. They'll have broken the rules in some way.
3: Complicated, are they, these rules?
0: No, not really. Mainly yellow lines. Well, that seems quite straightforward.
3: And what would happen if you didn't do it?
0: People would park wherever they wanted, I suppose.
3: Would that be such a bad thing?
0: Well, I I suppose no-one would get fines anymore and no-one would need to pay the meter or buy tickets. Though, of course, that is a major source of revenue for the local council, so they'd lose a lot of money. I suppose that means council tax would go up, probably a lot. And, of course, people could park for as long as they liked, which would mean there would never be a free space to park. People would probably start double parking, triple parking, parking in bus lanes. I expect before long the whole road system would seize up. It would be inextricable gridlock. No-one would be able to get to work, to
2: hospitals, to little shops. Well, that sounds really quite important, dear. (laughs) Yes, after all... You don't make the rules. You're just doing your job, really. And it sounds like rather a vital one. Well done, you.
1: Put away the biscuits. I think this calls
2: for the lemon drizzle cake. Mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mr Cloney, your nephew's here to see you.
2: Send him in, please, Susan. Joe, come in, my lad. We have a lot to talk about.
1: What is it, Roy? I rushed over here from the theatre. He said it was important. Yes, it is, rather. Have a look at these figures. Hmm, this is a booking receipt for a cottage in the Lake District for a Mr. and Ms. Smith. Oh, gosh, give that back. No, look at these figures. And this is a box containing a cake shaped like a penis. Is
2: it? Oh, blast. I meant to sort that out. We're always getting our deliveries mixed up with the erotic entertainment company downstairs. Sorry, look at these. Oh, dear. These don't look good at all. I know. Those are the box office figures for our last three farces. Don't drop your cassock, Vicar, We're Not Stopping, National Sexpress, and Three Men and a (laughs) Lay-by. I didn't realise things were so bad in the farce business. And we're going to have to do something about it. We need to come up with a brilliant farce, something truly ridiculous, otherwise Roy Cloney Entertainment is going under. (laughs) What is it, Susan?
3: Is here asking about a weekend away in the lake district. Well,
2: tell her I can't see her now. I've got important business to discuss with Joe here. And your wife
3: just called. She's
2: on her way up. Oh, crumbs. Send Miss Smith in quickly and hold my wife out there.
3: Hello, Mr. Smith.
2: Miss Smith, this is my nephew, Joe.
3: Oh, right. Yes, sorry.
2: Miss Smith is a, a travel agent who is helping me b- book a holiday. <laughs> right.
3: Mr. Cloney, your other visitor says she doesn't want to be stalled any longer.
2: Oh, blimey. Um, Miss Smith, would you like to step into my executive washroom? I've put all the holiday details in there.
3: Oh, all right, darling, Mr. Smith. Cloney. Oh, yes.
2: Roy, I've been trying to call you all day. (laughs) I'm sorry, dearest thing, but I've been rather wrapped up. We need to come up with a new farce, but poor Joe and I can't get a moment's peace. (sighs) What is it, Susan? I told you we're not to be disturbed.
3: Sir, there's
2: a policeman here to see you. He says it's urgent. A policeman? Oh, no. What is it, darling?
0: It's the charity auction. They must have found out the Ming vase we sold was a fake. He mustn't see me here.
2: I'll hide in your executive washroom. No. Why on earth not? Cats. Cats? Yes, completely overrun with cats. You'd better hide in the supplies cupboard. Heavens, I'm terrified of cats after that incident in Penang. Supplies cupboard it is. Look, Look, Uncle Roy, perhaps I'd better come back later. No, Joe, we need to get this hammered out today. We need some inspiration for a brand new farce. And we're not leaving here until it comes. Miss Smith, what are you doing out of the executive washroom?
3: Oh, I'm sorry, but I managed to spill shampoo all over my clothes, so I've had to take them all off. Look!
2: Oh, good. Miss Smith,
3: give me your clothes.
2: I'll send them out to be washed. In the meantime, hide in the executive washroom. Now, Joe, any thoughts about that new farce? Mr Cloney,
3: the policeman is... Come
2: in. Is he shiny? Yes,
3: he's quite shiny.
2: Excellent, send him in. Shiny? If he's shiny, it means he's a stripper from the erotic entertainment company downstairs. He probably just wants his penis-shaped cake back. (laughs) Mr Cloney? Yes, officer, I have what you need right here. What? Yes, take it, smear it all over yourself and gyrate in front of a hen party. (laughs) Then... Please excuse us, my nephew and I have some important farceur business to discuss. Are you trying to be funny, sir? Yes, yes, that's precisely what I'm trying to be.
0: This is a cake shaped like a penis. I could arrest you for insulting a police officer. Oh, blimey, you're not the stripper copper, are you? No! I came to deliver this cat, which was found abandoned in your office doorway. Cat, you say? Yes, and if an animal is found in your doorway, it becomes legally your property. Well, it can't stay here. Look, I'll put it in your supplies cupboard for now, and you can sort it out later. No! There. chew! Oh! A cat! A cat! Penang! Penang! My eyes! Oh! Get its filthy fur off me! Quick! The executive washroom!
2: So, anyway, Joe, I was thinking perhaps something set in a monastery or a submarine. Oh, that's a good idea. Or perhaps we could do one on the radio. Don't be ridiculous, Joe. A farce on the radio? Ooh. There's no money in radio. There's a woman in her underwear in your executive washroom. Roy! You said you were
3: leaving your wife, Mr. Smith. There's another policeman here to see you, sir.
2: Send him in. Hello, officer. I can explain everything. Mr. Clooney, you've been a very naughty
0: boy. <laughs> Roy, you said you weren't by anymore. Mrs. Clooney, no. Oh, I need to have a word with you about a certain Ming vase. Oh!
2: Darling, I can explain! Woohoo! Get that cat out of here! So Joe, sorry about all the interruptions, any inspiration? Nothing at all, I'm afraid. Well perhaps if we sit tight, something'll turn up. <laughs>
0: That Mitchell and Webb Sound starred David Mitchell and Robert Webb with Olivia Colman, Sarah Hadland and James Bachman. It was written by David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Jonathan Dryden-Taylor, Mark Evans, Simon Kane, Kieran Self and Giles New, Dale Shaw, Carrie Quinlan, Paul Jones and Simon Answorth, Rob Green, Rufus Jones and Dan Skinner, Toby Davis, Chris Pell and John Finnamore. The producer was Gareth Edwards. <laughs>